0: Welcome to Storyhouse, the weekly brand and digital direction show for business owners, CEOs, and CMOs. I'm Barry Chandler. I'm here with my co-host, Brad Cercone. This is chapter number 10, how content marketing is changing everything you know about growing your business. So content marketing, Brad, is the newest, I guess, most relevant and most important way you can market your business today. And... There is a whole industry that has sprung up around content marketing. There is an institute for content marketing. There is a content marketing show in Cleveland that we're going to that will attract 10,000 people. Yeah. But the content marketing institute, they define content marketing as a marketing technique of creating and distributing valuable, relevant, and consistent content to attract and acquire a clearly defined audience with the objective of driving profitable customer action. Now, I guess... Most advertising and most historical and traditional media has been about uh, trying to drive profitable customer action. Some of it has been very unmeasurable. Some of it has not been very successful. But, but the reason why content marketing exists today, and we'll, we'll dive into more about what it is and how it applies to your business, and we'll certainly talk about some examples that you can use for your brand. But the reason why content marketing is needed today is that there is a different use case for marketing. There is a different way that people, consumers, consume advertising and marketing. The media has changed, the channels have changed, distribution methods have changed, and content marketing is the the right fit today. Will it be the fit in five or 10 years? It's hard to say, but it's based on a theory that if we can entertain, empower, and educate our consumers, They'll buy from us, so that's less about the hard sell. It's less about product descriptions. It's less about why my pizza is so delicious, and it's more about uh, how we want to attract people by pulling them in, not pushing them towards our, uh, not pushing them uh, in a direction that they don't want to go.
1: Right, the old ad business from the fifties.
0: Right. So there, there are many different forms of content marketing, uh, and we will talk about a few of them. So. I mean, wh- why it's important is because what we've done before is just not acceptable anymore. And the traditional billboard model, the TV model, the radio model of CPM and what did you call it? Uh, dots and clicks and dots or something? or just bots, <laughs> bots and dots. and dots is just not Uh, It's just not sufficient, and it's just not uh, being consumed or engaged with in the same way that it was historically. And maybe it wasn't even being engaged with historically. However, it was all that was there. So if you look back 30, 40 years at the options to advertise, you had newsprint, you had direct mail, you had radio, you had a little bit of TV. Well, TV
1: Uh, believed itself at that time was content marketing. Right. That's what it saw itself as. Right, yeah. There was no web to hop on, so it was the content.
0: It was, and I think... Even TV evolved into—I uh, mean, the, the earliest some of the earliest forms of content marketing actually stem from TV. So the soap operas that we that we see today are called soap operas because they were originally sponsored by a soap company, but in a way that was
1: integrated into it was integrated. Episode.
0: Soap was part of the show, right. and they became known as the soap operas. That was content marketing uh, in its earliest form on TV. Now companies have been doing content marketing for hundreds of years, it's just not always being called content marketing. Right, right. So I recently read about this uh, Italian immigrant who arrived in London in the 1800s, and he wanted to set up a a bookstore for uh, an English-speaking bookstore, of course, in London, they're speaking English. Uh, And he set up this bookstore, but it wasn't very successful because there was lots of other bookstores in England. So he decided, this Italian guy decided he was going to immigrate to Paris. So he went to Paris, and there he set up an English-speaking bookstore. Uh, with full of english books uh, for english expats who lived in paris mm-hmm. and became very successful but then he wanted to grow his business so what he did was he started producing a newsletter a little newsprint newsletter where he invited all of the art the the creative minds of the day who were living in in, in paris which was the hub of yeah. of of all the great art art culture and writing right in, in the late 1800s early 1900s And he created a newsletter where he invited them to write an article in each newsletter. And he would distribute that to people free of charge. And that came to them by way of the bookstore. In other words, this is sponsored by or brought to you by the bookstore. He then started running uh, reading uh, workshops in his bookstore. And so he attracted an English-speaking crowd to his bookstore. So this is a form of content marketing. He never once said, I've got 3,000 books and they are all beautifully bound hardback books and they are cheap. He said, let's build a community around people who are interested in the same thing. So he's educating them, he's entertaining them, and he's empowering them. That was back in the 1800s. Today, there are many examples of how businesses are using content marketing to, as you would say, buy down the cost of traditional advertising. So they're pulling people in by uh, entertaining them in ways that a regular product pitch just can't do, educating them in ways that makes uh, makes them more... I guess, aware and educated, obviously, of the product, the services, and how it applies to their life in a meaningful way, not just, hey, you need this product, it's 79 cents. And it uh, empowers them, in many cases, uh, to uh, to know more and do more and be more because of this education that comes from the product. So some examples uh, of brands that are using content marketing to advance their goals Everyone who's listening today will have already come across these examples. They just won't know they're labeled as content marketing. And so I think it's worth just diving into Mm -hmm. some of these examples to see what is the application for my business. Uh, Whether you're a small mom and pop store or you are a large multinational company, there are applications for content marketing in your business that can seriously drive down the cost of advertising for you while building a more engaged audience. That's ready to buy from you when the time is right for them so one of the first and one of my favorite examples is Nike so Nike is a brand that's been around for probably forty years now we're all aware of its humble origins and how it has grown into probably the world's leading sports uh, clothing and apparel manufacturer uh, what we're not also familiar with perhaps is how they have embrace content marketing in an unbelievable way so let's take and they divide their business up into all of their various segments running golf and each of each of their segments has an example of this but i'm going to look at running right now Uh, running is obviously well if we look at running from from a nike perspective what they want people to buy their shoes they want to sell more um clothing they want to sell more singlets and shorts and and shoes and uh, all of the gear to do that how have they gone about advertising or marketing their, their, their products to, to runners? Well, over the last few years, they've more and more got into technology side of things, mm-hmm. to use technology to help people advance their own goals. So we've talked in previous episodes about digital anthropology and how when the, the, perfect, uh, the perfect scenario occurs when a human's pursuit of their passion. So the thing that we want to do most as we go about our day-to-day lives, as we're pursuing our passion, let's say in this case it's running. So many people, you, your your passion is running. If there's a way for a company to intersect your passion or help advance your passion by delivering you something that helps you get there faster, that to us is is what we would call the perfect uh, situation of digital anthropology. So they right. use technology to do that. Right. So Nike does that every day. Nike has an app, the Nike running app. I think it's called Nike Plus. Yes. And Nike makes it easier for you to run. They make it more empowering for you to run. They make it easier for you to have your friends and family support you on a run. You can connect your Nike app with your Facebook page so that when somebody when you're running your marathon, every time somebody likes your status, you hear a cheering noise in your earphones. When you're running in a marathon. Right right. right, right. They track all of your statistics. They educate you on how you can get to the next level. They give you training plans. Of course, it's linked to their store. So when you've run when you've run your four hundred miles and it's time to change your shoes, Nike's there to tell you, Well, by the way. We've noticed you just run 400 miles. Yeah, time you have parachute. no more souls left. Right. These things are hanging off your toes. But what a great way to help runners pursue their passion.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's, a, that's a great point that you bring up, I, I think, in, in, this whole, in your whole statement about content marketing, about entertaining, empowering, and educating, um, uh, especially in running because as you start off and running I was with some associates last night where um, one of the gentlemen has always been you know in good shape he's a a, you know a weightlifter does a lot of anaerobic stuff hadn't done a lot of aerobic stuff he got a challenge by a client to do aerobic and the first thing he spent three weeks doing was making errors in his scheduling um, and things like this and he was talking uh, about nike and asics actually uh last night um talking about the support that he's getting regarding education educating him on running and he should have done this earlier um what do you think you know when you talk about entertaining empowering and and, and educating uh, versus product description because of course nike began in the product description world right, right.
0: as everybody did
1: as everyone did because that's that's all you could do what do you think? Because uh, I think this is a great example. Um, w- how do you think these three um, attributes—entertainment, em- you know, empowerment, and education—how uh, do you think that excites or builds trust faster, or or a better bond with the, the, the with the consumer or or a potential buyer than a product
0: description? Well, we've never had more media available to us. We've never had more choice. We've never had more we've never been bombarded more with digital information everywhere we we move there is a way for us to consume information historically if you look back at the 50s and 60s television was the only form of well it was the most it was the most popular content form back in the day but it well, was, that's,
1: uh, it was because it was entertainment driven versus a newspaper which was information driven.
0: It was, but if you look at the ads that they ran then, uh, and y- there are still those same types of ads. Certainly there are ads. You turn on your TV right now, you see product description ads, right? Sure. But you also see a lot more integrated products into programs through um, everything from poor product placement to really effective integration of a product in a show or a film or or, or a sporting event. I think that the the... The reason why educating, empowering, and entertaining is so important today is that we demand more as consumers. We're not any more as susceptible to the product pitch as we were. In fact, there are statistics that show that we are blinkered to 80% of the ads that we see. They're just white noise to us, Mm -hmm. be they billboards, be it uh, radio ads, be it TV ads. We now TiVo our programs, so we skip past the ads. We don't even watch the ads. Mm -hmm. Instead, we want to be educated, entertained, and empowered because we're... We, we have to bring this back to anthropology again. We are humans that want to develop, and we seek out the things, sometimes subconsciously, that want us to advance our causes. Absolutely. And if, if if you think what advances my cause more is it um, a pitchman like 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 Billy Mays or IP who was pitching uh, uh, the Sham Wow or some of these things is that going to be the the thing that advances my goals or is it Nike showing me five ways to get uh, half a minute per mile faster and to and stay to, on track and stay on track while I train for my half marathon
1: right
0: so we it is by human development and advancement that we're at this stage where we need to be educated, empowered, and, uh, and entertained. And so we're cutting out everything that doesn't give us that. And we're seeking out these experiences. And smart marketers are understanding that to truly, to truly advance their own goals, they have to find ways to integrate. We, have ha- we discussed lately Acura, Mm-hmm. And I know this is probably a, a podcast all of its own, but there's it a couple. There's, there's probably three examples of Acura that are th- that I would say are great for content marketing. Two definitely, and one that's just a unique slant on traditional advertising. Acura were the um, the lead, the opening, sp- uh, the first to step up to Jerry Seinfeld and say, you know, your your idea about comedians and cars getting coffee, right. it's going to be a web only show. We're going to sponsor it. And by the way, Jerry, you can do the ads that are in there. You can script them. You can write them.
1: You're the comedian. You're the expert. You can produce
0: them. Right. And they then took that idea of Jerry Seinfeld doing his ads for comedians and cars, which blew up as being. You know, it's now. I think it's in the third season online. They then said, "All right, Jerry, now it's time for you to script the ads for TV." And they just gave him carte blanche to do it. But they were integrated into this program in mm-hmm. a way that was just. It felt very natural. And we are so besotted with Jerry Seinfeld mm-hmm. that we listened and we admired and liked Acura a little bit more. The second example is um, when I was at uh, Picnic of the Pops, a concert series here. And what's the name of that, um, that guy that I went to see? He plays the piano with the orchestra behind him. Ben, ben, ben Foles. Foles. That's right. Ben Foles. Yeah. So Ben Foles uh, is composing right now a... He is composing a concerto. And... No, it's a symphony. He's, symphony, a, yeah. He's composing a symphony, like a whole um, a symphony. And Acura is sponsoring it.
1: That's right.
0: Acura is sponsoring a symphony.
1: That's right, by Ben Folds.
0: By Ben Folds. How many people are producing symphonies? Very few, but they've stepped up and realized that this is a form of content that is going to connect them with an audience. Ben Folds has a big following.
1: Yeah, and I think your whole—I think this entire thing that you're stating about Acura may be the best example of the transition between traditional and content programming. I mean, that, this is even beyond marketing; they're right. not just marketing; no. they're programming. So what, why they have Ben Folds doing, you know, uh, underwriting him doing a, a, a symphony, um, in, in your other example with Jerry Seinfeld and a whole comedic channel that's online, brilliant, and now thirdly. They are, um, you know, going after yet a a revolutionary or edgy demo using, you know, posthumously said vicious, um, doing, you know, Frank Sinatra's "I Did It My Way" to the to, to the new Acura, and it's it's well done.
0: Yeah, it's a great ad.
1: And again, that kind of content that, that I think that record came out in 1976. Um, well, I mean, the pistols broke in '76. I don't remember when he actually recorded that, but I do remember him co- recording it. My my point is that they're bringing those things even from the past. Talk about content, right? They're drawing up content from the past to make relevant today. Um,
0: yes, yeah, so that's so, a great, so, great great example. It, it, it is.
1: It is. I mean, Acura as a brand, I think, is is a wonderful example. It, it's making me, it's making me want. You're so right about entertaining, empowering, educating. It's making me want to be involved. Well, you feel smarter now. I do.
0: Because you get Sid Vicious, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's easy. Depends where you start from, right? (laughs) But you get Sid Vicious. I do. And you understand the cultural importance he had in your life. Yeah when you think of so Jerry Seinfeld, Ben Foles, Sid Vicious. That's all, it, I'm done. But they're all leaders in their field. Well, and they're thought leaders. Okay, so they have an audience that gets them because they're smart. Yeah. They were smart and they 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 broke a mold when, mm-hmm. when they when they when they 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 arrived in the scene. So Acura is smart as hell to do that. Right. So that's one example. And so what we're trying to get to here, I guess, with, with these examples, and there's a few more I want to go into is I want to, I want people who are listening to try and think in their own business, how are there ways that I can deliver entertaining content that while it does not directly talk about my product, in- encourages people to check out my product by virtue of me being associated or, or producing content in a way that educates, and empowers, entertains. Just
1: like the old Italian bookseller. That's exactly.
0: Right. So another great example for me is, is Michelin. So Michelin, when I say Michelin, you'll think of one of two things. You'll think of the red book that you look at to find restaurants and that gives you Michelin stars. Or you'll think of the tire that you stick on your car. In Europe, we don't think of the tire. We really think of the Red Book. And I come from the restaurant industry and the hospitality industry. Michelin was the holy grail. If you could get a Michelin star for your restaurant, three Michelin stars, I mean, that's it. Chefs have killed themselves in in France when a a star is taken away from their restaurant. Some have reached three-star levels and given back their three stars because they can't do any more. That's it. And it's too much pressure. It's too much pressure. I can't maintain this. I have to give it back (laughs) before you take it away from me. But Michelin, think about this. A tire company that has produced a book on the, gre- the greatest restaurants in the world. Michelin Guide came out, I believe, just under 100 years ago. And Michelin launched this book. The first, the first book they launched was a list of destinations that was, in their words, worth a detour. Worth a detour. That is still a classification today. When you go and look in the Michelin Guide, it says, mm. worth a detour.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: And... They came out with this book because they wanted to encourage new car owners who for the first time now are, are in these, these machines, no longer are in the back of a horse. And so they're in these machines and Michelin wanted to encourage people to drive more, go out and explore. So what do they do? They came out with this book to say, have you gone here? Have you been here? Think places you could never go before because it took too long to get there. Right. And what happens when you drive more and more? You use up your tires. No different than when you run your 400 miles, you need new shoes. Right. So your car needs new shoes. Where are you going to go? Well, I guess these guys from Michelin know what they're doing. This was content marketing 80 years ago, 90 years ago. It still exists today. That's unbelievable. How many businesses could do that? I would say a lot of businesses could do this. A accounting firm that wants to attract middle-aged white men of high net worth and who wants to have them for their investment uh, for an investment um, portfolio and in business could deliver a golf magazine or a uh, maybe a Florida uh, getaway magazine or something Mm -hmm. that appeals to that audience Mm -hmm. that, oh, by the way, it's brought to you by ABC Accountants. Right, right. That's content marketing. Or a second
1: home in Florida, here's how you capture it in three years.
0: John Deere has been doing this for more than 100 years. John Deere came out with a magazine and the name of it it, it eludes me right now. But that magazine is all about uh, what's going on in the farming world that has been translated into something like 30 different languages and still exists today. That's, and they've been doing that for about a hundred years, uh, so that's Michelin. Another great example is Red Bull. Red Bull is a lot more of a contemporary example, but Red Bull now calls themselves a they are a content production company, mm-hmm. right? So they now produce content. Oh, and by the way, they sell this energy drink as well. Mm-hmm. But think of think of the things that Red Bull now are behind. They are behind huge events. The um, they are behind the flug tag where people try and jump into the water yep. uh, by building a plane they are behind the um all these extreme sports mm-hmm. they are and they produce them it's the the red bull x games it's the um what, what's that series where those um those planes fly around like the obstacle course and harbors oh, yeah. and all these kind of things and of course the greatest example of red bull in the content world is lately when they did the giant jump from space felix baumgartner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. jump from space with just the parachute i mean you they owned the internet they owned media for a week because of this jump we had a red bull sign on his helmet and they produced choreographed every single piece of that i mean that that is taking content marketing to a whole new level uh, forgive the pun
1: Yes, um, a whole new altitude. A whole new altitude. Um, yeah, th- th- those are great examples. And, you know, Red Bull, um, to speak about your, the importance of content, w- which I kind of want you to. Sp- I have a question for you that I want, want you to answer about the kind of content that you think is most relevant um, r- regarding a push on, on the platform of content marketing. But, you know, the interesting thing about Red Bull is when they broke, Red Bull invented the two minute episode. Um, uh, we were fortunate to have a. Um, Um, an associate that worked here at the agency and had worked for Red Bull North America actually ran the entire state of Ohio um, as a brand manager uh, for three or four years. And Red Bull's whole thing was to not use traditional marketing. So they weren't necessarily in the game of going out to create content, content marketing, but they were in the game not to use traditional. Right. So, though you have seen TV spots and, and things like that where, you know, it started off with Red Bull and, and you can see the amb- wings, yeah, the ambiguity of gives you wings, right? right? That's a content play in the future that they had to, back, they had to backfill and figure out what that, what that was going to be. But they invented this thing called the two-minute episode, which was don't drink our beverage until we spend two minutes talking to you. Not about the beverage, but about lifestyle. So they would send out Red Bull teams, at least in America here in the Midwest. And, of course, where'd they go? To rock and roll shows. At what time? Five o'clock. Why? That's when the roadies were setting up. Why the roadies? They're They're the most exhausted. They don't sleep like the boys in the band. So they would bring up these little red bull trucks don't look as beautiful as they do today they were dilapidated little vans the team would get out and spend 2 minutes opening a red bull it was the only, only the one size can then there was no sugar free product opening up the red bull and giving it to the road crew to say hey we just want you to get your wings right so you can go to the next tour stop thanks that was the that was it right and the content moment was over the the, the feeling of of freedom of rock and roll, freedom of the road, very much like what you were saying about the Michelin stars in, in, the, in the culinary category.
0: Right. Now, you had a question about the types of content.
1: Yeah, and so, so my question to you is, you've just given us today a wonderful array of different content from Acura to uh, Michelin to Nike. Um, um, and I guess today, what do you see trending as the, the type of content that, be, that might be most effective or help our listeners, uh, where do they begin in even choosing the kind of content for their brand?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. And obviously not everybody has the pockets of Nike, right. Red Bull, right. Michelin. So where do you start? It's a great question. So when you look at the three, I guess the three pillars of content marketing, educate, empower, and entertain, the easiest way to start is to educate. So right now, whether you're a small little store, or you're a large company, there are people searching your product, Googling your product, looking on social media for your product. So the first thing you can do is, this, is make sure you have done everything you can to educate your customer on your product in a way that is useful to them. So we listen to a great podcast called uh, The Sales Lion, and I encourage everybody to do that uh, by a guy called Marcus Sheridan, who is a great speaker who had a pool company and you'll forgive my Irish accent when I pronounce pool, because you always laugh at that. <laughs> uh, an and, and, uh, in-ground pool company and an above-ground pool company. So he, he sold pools. And he was in the direct marketing business to sell his pools, of course, because he that's all he knew. And he was going door to door, and he was taking out ads. And then the economy hit in 2008. It that crashed. was
1: traditional, and that was traditional what he
0: was doing. It was traditional. And so in 2008, 2009, people weren't buying pools anymore. That was a luxury. So he realized that if he, if he was to keep feeding his family, and he tells a story better than I can, and I apologize, Marcus, for paraphrasing for you, but he tells a story about how in order to keep his family in their home and to feed them, he had to find ways quick to make money because his business was losing money and he was uh, potentially going to have to lay off people. So he started looking at his statistics of his website and realized that they were getting traffic from people who were Googling how much does a pool cost. They would come to his site, but they had no information about what a pool cost. And so they would leave again. And so he wasn't converting these people into leads. So he thought, well, hold on a second. If people are actually wanting to find out the price of a pool, well, shouldn't we tell them? So they get educated about our product. He said, right now, it's no good to me by not telling them. I have no information there right now. So he developed out content that didn't necessarily describe the exact price of a pool. It said he developed content that said things like the title was, how much does a pool cost? And he would say, well, it depends sometimes pools are more expensive when you add this in or you take right, this out or right. whatever it is. It depends. And he would describe how pools are broken down into their how they're costed out.
1: Hence, educating them. He
0: educated the consumer. And right. as he did this, he noticed more people were calling because they got educated by him and they trusted him. Yeah. So he did this for more and more uh, pieces of his business and grew and grew his business. He is now a world-class speaker and educator on this topic of content marketing that started very low- on the totem pole, just educating his consumers. That's exactly how any business can start today. And it doesn't matter if your content is literally just typed up in article format or if you are more comfortable in front of a camera you can do video content if you want to do podcasts you can do podcast content or you can do all of them but you have to start by educating your customers Mm -hmm. red bull nike michelin all had to start by educating their customers back in the day so if you start a brand today i think you have to go through the process of educating but then you can raise the level to entertain to empower as the pressures off you to make the bills make a profit, you can take it up a notch, and as you've got more, I guess, you have more, you have more comfort and more bandwidth to do that, I would expand into educating and, and empowering. But, but to your point about what types of content are trending right now, podcasting is seeing a renaissance, it's not gonna suit every business, but if you want to establish yourself as a trusted source of, a, a trusted authority in a, in a subject matter, podcasting is a very intimate way to connect with an audience. Mm -hmm. I think we've built up a nice community that's growing all the time that we're very happy with, that we get to connect with, and we get some great feedback. And it's been very uh, empowering to us to see that happening. Video is something where I I built a previous business on video uh, blogging uh, that grew my business. That was my content marketing that drew attention to my, my consulting services. So there are many ways that you can do it. And I think there's another podcast episode in that where we discuss maybe very specific Uh, tactical ideas on how to use content marketing to grow your business but I know we've gone you know over our usual time on this episode um, but I think this is a I think it's a really important topic it's something I want to discuss a lot more on these these chapters because I feel that a, a strong brand has a huge play with content marketing because it knows who it is, it knows who it's targeting. Now all we have to do is find ways to educate, entertain, and empower, which is a lot easier, if you've listened to our previous chapters, it's a lot easier to do once you know who you are and who you're going after.
1: Right, right, But you're referring back to our chapter on Be Better Best. Right. And knowing that expression, once you know that expression, you're very eager, tactically, to create a content marketing platform that helps bring that expression to life through entertainment, empowerment, and education.
0: Right. And what we'll do in some future chapters is we'll go through some different industries and ways that they could use content marketing to grow their business. We'll take a handful, maybe in a, in a podcast, and then uh, hopefully that helps out the listenership. Right. So this has been a chapter number 10 of StoryHouse. Uh, how how content marketing is changing everything you knew about advertising growing your business uh, Storyhouse, this is the weekly brand and digital show for CEOs, CMOs and business owners, I'm Barry Chandler I've been here with my co-host Brad Cercone until uh, next week, uh, thank you for listening.
1: Thank you